Apostle Mrs. Leanne Kofi, the founder and general overseer of the Lord's Garden Ministries, a ministry which is focused on bringing back the glory of God into the lives of people who have been battered by the world. She's a healing apostle and ministers powerfully to break people free from demonic oppressions. We believe you'll be blessed as you listen to today's word. Now, today's word. Amen. This morning, I am talking to you about where the Ark of the Covenant is today in this world and in our lives. So the title of my message is, Where is the Ark of the Covenant of God? Where is a question. Where is the Ark of the Covenant of God? Reading from the book of First Samuel chapter 5, verse 1 to 12. The Bible says, And the Philistines took the Ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashford. And when the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when they of Ashford rose up early in the morning, behold, Dagon was falling on his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. And they took Dagon and set him in his place again. And when they rose early again the next morning, behold, Dagon was falling upon his face to the ground before the ark the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold and only the stump of Dagon was left to him. Neither, therefore neither the priest of Dagon nor any that come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashod unto this day. But the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them of Ashdod and he destroyed them and smote them with emeralds, even Ashdod and the coast thereof. And when the men of Ashdod saw that it was so heavy, they said, The ark of the God of Israel shall not abide with us, for his hand is sore upon us and upon Dagon our God. And they sent therefore and gathered all the lords of the Philistines unto them and said, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? And they answered, Let the ark of the God of Israel be carried unto Gath. So they carried the ark of God of Israel there. And it was so that after they carried about the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction. He smote both the men of the city, both great and small, and they had emeralds in their secret parts. You know what are emeralds? Nibai named them emeralds. And so they sent the ark of God to Ekron. And it came to pass, the ark of, as the ark of God came to Ekron, that the Ekronite cried out, saying, They have brought about the ark of God, of the God of Israel, to slay us. And our people. So they sent and gathered together all the laws of the Philistines and said, Send away the ark of the God of Israel and let it go to its own place, that it slay us not and our people. For there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city, and the hand of God was heavy there. And the men that died were not smitten with emeralds, and the cry of the city went up to heaven. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, for your information, Dagon was an idol, was a god of the Philistines. They are god that they believed in. Amen. And they set the ark of the covenant before Dagon, and this is what happened to Dagon. Now, to go back to start from where you can get a bit more understanding. You see, after God delivered Israel out of Egypt, he had a people. He said they are his people. And he wanted to tabernacle. He wanted to, to live among the, us. In the same way, God loves you and I and wants to be in fellowship with us at all times. God wants 
to commune with us always. Because he says that he's not a God who is far off, but he's a God who is near. Amen. So for the purpose of his presence being in the midst of his people, he said to them that they should build a tabernacle. Because God wanted to be close to his people. He never left them. When they took leave from Egypt, the Bible says he led them by pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. He didn't leave them. He said he never took away the pillar of fire or the cloud. He never. And to us, God has said that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Today, you may not see a pillar of fire and cloud going before you, but his presence leads us like that. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that presence of God that was being manifest in the pillar of fire and cloud provided light. Amen. Provided comfort. Provided protection. Hallelujah. Provided direction. In the daytime, it was a cloud to shield them from the burning sun, the desert sun. In the night, it was a pillar of fire to make sure the animals, wild animals, didn't get close to them to, to harm them. It was also to illumine darkness so they could see their way. And the fire also gave them warmth because it, in as much as it's very hot in the desert in the day, at night, temperatures drop drastically. So it's very cold at night. But the fire of God was there for light, for the night, fire to warm them, and a cloud by day to shield them and to protect them. Listen to me. God is everything that you need him to be at every time, at every moment, whether it is in the day or in the night, whether it is in the night seasons of your life. And when I talk about the night seasons of your life, I'm talking about times when things are not so good. Whether it's in the day season, the daytime of your life, he is ever present. And his presence guarantees your preservation, your protection, comfort, health, healing, provision. And above all, his guidance. Hallelujah. Amen. So he, he was present with his people and didn't want to be far off. So he called Moses up to Mount Sinai and gave him a revelation of the tabernacle that is in heaven. And he said that he should go and build according to pattern. Let me read to you. Exodus 25, from verse 2 to 9. He said to Moses, he said, speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. And this is the offering which you shall take from them, gold, silver, and brass, blue and purple, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, rams, skin dyed in red, badger skin, shitting wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for sweet incense, onyx stones and so to be, stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show you after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, so shall you make it. Now, if you have read your Bible a bit, you remember that when Israel was leaving Egypt, God gave them favor before the Egyptians. And God said to them that they should go everyone to his neighbor and ask them for their jewelry, for, for stuff. And they went and they asked their neighbors and because Bible says that the favor of God was upon them. So the Egyptians gave them gold, silver, all these things that, you know, they, they got, I mean, they, they came out with what we call a great wealth transfer. For the 430 years they were slaves where they were and got nothing. 
where they worked for the Egyptians and they had nothing, in that one day, there was a great wealth transfer. There was a restoration. There was a recovery. And I pray this morning that may God bring you that same kind of restoration in your life. That whatever you have lost in this year, in this year 2020, where business has been not as it is usually, where you have lost jobs and money is not forthcoming, I pray that may God bring unto you a great wealth transfer. Bible says that the wealth of the Gentiles is laid up for the righteous. And so I pray that may God restore your financial fortunes in the mighty name of Jesus. These people left Egypt not impoverished, but they left rich. They left full. And you know, God will never ask you for anything that he hasn't given you or that he won't give you. The booty, the, the money and the gold and the silver that they took from the Egyptians, it was for a purpose. It was for a purpose. They didn't know it at that time. I'm sure they said, oh, we are rich. We are rich. We have all this money. We're going to, you know, enjoy it as we all do. But there, there was a purpose. And in time to come, God made that purpose known to them. He said, bring me the gold. Bring me the silver. Bring me the badger skin, the ram skin dyed in red. Amen. And you know, it's the same with us. God puts substance in our hands, not for our enjoyment alone, but for his divine purpose. Amen. And you must always understand that, that whatever God gives to you is not for your enjoyment alone. It's for a purpose. And the day that God says, I give me, it's his. Because he gave it to you in the first place. But I'm not talking about giving right now. I may talk about it later. It depends. But whatever it is, God said, bring that which you took for the purpose of building me a tabernacle that I may dwell among you. You know, the greatest wealth and the greatest thing in life is not having money in your pocket. It's having God with you. How many of you agree with me? It's having God with you. Because you see, if God is with you, everything that he has given you is secure. If you don't have the presence of God or God is not with you, listen, everything you have can easily be destroyed by the enemy. But God said, I want to dwell in your midst. I want you to build me a sanctuary so I may live with you, not be far from you. And he said to Moses, build it according to pattern. Build it according to pattern. Now, this tabernacle that Moses built was built about 1,490 years before Christ. He said, build it according to the pattern of that which you have seen in heaven. Amen. Build it according to pattern. We are called also to build our lives according to pattern. Not according to our desire or according to our you know, whims and according, there's a pattern that God has set for our living that it may be well with us. He said, build this tabernacle according to pattern. And he did. And God came to dwell among his people. And whenever they had to move, the tent, the, the, the cloud would move. And when the cloud in the sky moved, they knew it was time to move. And then they would pack the tent, take what they could, they, they could pack, and then carry it was a um, cloth. They'll carry it until the cloud stops. And wherever the cloud will stop, they will stop and then they'll pitch their tent there. They'll pitch the tabernacle and pitch their individual tents at their home there. And they will stay there. They wouldn't move. So long as the cloud didn't move, they never moved. Nobody moved. They'll wait. When the cloud moves, they moved. Amen. When the cloud moves, they move. 
when the cloud moves, then they move. Our lives ought to be the same. You know, you cannot go ahead of God. You should not go ahead of God in life. When, when you are directed or when your life is directed by the Lord, when you are led by the Spirit of God, Bible says those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And the Spirit of God would never lead you to a wrong place. None of us in this room knows what is going to happen tomorrow. Not even this afternoon. You don't even know where you are going. You don't know about next year. Everybody says 2020 should pass or 2021 comes. For some people, 2021 will not be a good year. Some people might even die in 2021 and say, I wish 2020 had remained. And You know? But we don't know. But he knows all things. Because he, he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. His name is the Ancient of Days. He knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. And so if he is leading you, if you are being led by him, then you can be sure that he will lead you to the right place. Hallelujah. Oh, I, do I have a church in this house this morning? Give the Lord a clap of faith. Now, the tabernacle consisted, that's the, on the board there, consisted of three parts. The first part was the outer court. So when somebody enters into the, the, the tabernacle, the first thing they get to is the outer court. Amen. Now, we say enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And in the outer court, there were two things. One, there was a brass altar, an altar of brass, where they made sacrifice, where they brought their sacrifice. So before you could even go any further, you, you do your sacrifice. You make a sacrifice. They brought sacrifice of sheep, goats. They brought sacrifice offerings, sin offerings. That's where they did their sacrifice. And the priests were there killing animals and burning on, on, on that. And there was also a lava of brass, beautiful brass bowl mirrored inside with water for washing, for cleansing. Amen. And that is also very symbolic of us coming before God in the spirit of repentance. I'm not talking about the tabernacle. I'm just giving you pointers. I believe one of these days we'll go back and we'll take it one by one. But then it, it's a pattern onto approaching God. Coming before God with a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Coming before God in the spirit of repentance, asking for forgiveness and cleansing before you can approach him. Hallelujah. And from the outer court, then there was the inner court. And in the inner court, there was a table upon which they put bread daily. It's called the, the table of the showbread. So daily they brought fresh bread and put it on the table. Amen. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen. The daily provision there. And then there was a candlestick, a candlestick that gave light in the holy place. And then there was an altar of incense where they burned incense. And incense is symbolic of worship. So there's worship in the tabernacle. So the incense was burned daily. They burned incense. That's a form of worship unto God. Hallelujah. Then the final place is the holiest of holies. And into this third section, no one went except the high priest. And even that Bible says once a year. And he would enter to make atonement for the sins of the people. And even he going in, he had to first of all make atonement for himself and his family. Otherwise, if he goes in and there's even sin found with him or his family, he would die. And nobody could go in and take him out. So when he, they are, the high priest is going, they put a rope around his leg. His gown 
had at the bottom tassels with little bells. So, so long as they could hear the sound of the bells, within the holy, as of all, they knew he was alive and he was doing what he was supposed to do. But when there was no noise, no sound of bells, and he's not coming out, they just pull the rope and bring him out. Nobody dares go into the holiest of holies. But today, and the reason why they couldn't go in was because there dwelt the presence of God upon the Ark of the Covenant. But today, that partition that kept the presence of God away from the people, that there was only one person who could go into the presence to make atonement for the people, it's, it's torn, it's gone. The veil in the temple in the day that Jesus died tore from top to bottom. Amen. And the glory, the presence of God came out. And today we have the right to come before him. We have the right to come before the Father at any time. All we say is, Father, we come into your presence. And we, we stand in his presence without condemnation, without being killed for our sins, which are many. Because a blood has atoned for our sins. Hallelujah. This is how much God desires your fellowship with him. This is how much God desires your unity with him. So this system, which was very legalistic and kept people far from God, today through Jesus Christ, is, is gone. It's taken away that we may get drawn near unto him. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody appreciate God for his goodness. Now within the holiest of holies was the Ark of the Covenant, the top of which was what they call the mercy seat. And I said to you that in the ark, there were three objects. One, a pot of manna. You know, God gave them manna in the wilderness. And that manna, it was a daily ration. If you pick the manna, you eat it. If you try to store it by the next morning, it's maggots. It's only on the Sabbath day that it wouldn't go bad. I mean, this is amazing. The same manna, which will go bad, turn into maggots the next day, if you kept it, God said on the, on the Sabbath day, the day before the Sabbath day, you can take extra, and it didn't rot. You see, this is what God can do. God holds everything in his power and can do anything he wants with anything, with anyone, at any time. Hallelujah. Is somebody getting the picture? Amen. And, and he said they should keep a pot of manna. And for hundreds of years, this pot of manna never rotted. Because God has said, keep it there. So when God determines a thing, and when God says a thing, nature cannot even defy God. I'm talking to somebody who may be sick today. Maybe you've been diagnosed with a disease, and you, you, your, your heart is heavy. Listen, when God speaks, nature, that natural cause of nature, that is putting your body you know, not at ease, disease, it will have to stop because God has spoken. Is somebody here to, this morning? Oh, thank the Lord with a clap offering. And also in the ark was the tablet of the Ten Commandments, the law. Amen. And also the third object was Aaron's rod that budded. God gave instruction to Moses they should make an ark of shittim wood and overlay it with gold. And they should make four rings of gold and put you no know, staves so they could carry it. So the staves are the sticks there. 
That's and over it, he said they should make the cherubim, angels with their wings joining together. And where their wings joined together, on that top part was a mercy seat. And the Bible says that when they had finished, the cloud remained permanently on the, on the ark within the holiest of holies. The presence of God was upon it. Hallelujah. So make it of acacia wood. Acacia wood meaning being strength, fortification, and purity. Amen. That is what the presence of God brings. It brings us strength. It brings us comfort. God's presence gives us the ability to become pure. And so this Ark of the Covenant was in the holiest of holies. And so whenever Israel had a challenge anyway, and they, they took the Ark to that place, they were sure of a win because the presence of God was manifest over the Ark of the Covenant. Indeed, when they finished the, the, the tabernacle, the presence of God was so mighty upon the tabernacle. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, this ark has been on a journey since the time of its making. Amen. The ark has been on a journey, and I, I put the journey of the ark. I want to start from the book of Joshua, chapter 3. When they had come to the Jordan, and it was time for them to cross the Jordan to get to the promised land. But here was a river. The Jordan was a river. They couldn't cross it. But God said to them that they should put, the priests should bear the Ark of the Covenant. And when they put their foot in the water, the waters would part. And truly, the priests bore the, the Ark upon their shoulders. And when they put their feet in the Jordan, the Jordan parted. So that the water became as a heap here and as a heap there. And they went through. In the same way that they went through the, the Red Sea. And that is what the presence of God does. You see, when the presence of God goes with you or is with you, every situation can be parted. No matter how impossible it is, impossibilities turn to possibilities. Is somebody with me this morning? Hallelujah. Impossibilities turn to possibilities. The Jordan parted at the sight of the ark of the covenant of God. And it wasn't just about the box. It was about the presence, the presence of God that the ark carried. Hallelujah. Amen. The presence of God. And they followed God's instruction. Whatever God said they should do, that's what they did. God said that you put your foot in the water, the water will part. Some will say, no, I'm afraid of the water. You parted first before we put our foot in. But according to the instruction, according to the pattern, God spoke to them. They did it and they saw the miracles and the signs and the wonders that God did. Bible says that when you trust the word of God, if you believe the word of God, it will be well with you. Amen. But most of the time we do not take the word of God. But you see, whenever the word of God goes forth, his power goes with it. He said, put your foot in the water. And I'm speaking to somebody this morning. You are afraid to take a certain decision. But you hear it consistently in your spirit. God is speaking to you. And you know it's not your mind. Move. Don't allow fear to cripple you. Because fear is the greatest enemy that will stop you from getting to where you ought to get to. We must follow God and follow the leading of God in our lives. The same act also brought them victory when they stood behind the walls of Jericho. 
Bible says Jericho was straightly shut up. The whole city was tight. The walls of Jericho were so large and big that there were houses built on the wall. If I said that the house of Rahab the prostitute was built on the wall of Jericho. That's how big or thick the walls were. Not these our little walls that we call walls. Amen. And, and they had shut the gates of the city. And there was no way Joshua and Israel could enter to take the city. But God said to them that the priests should go with the, with the horn. They should blow the horn. And they should follow with the ark. And go around the city for six days once. Every day go around. Then on the seventh day, they should go seven times. And aha, uh -huh, ancient Jericho, see the wall. And then they should blow the trumpet and shout. And when they blew the trumpet and they shouted, these thick walls just came down. The walls came down and they were able to take over Jericho. You see, when you carry the presence of God, nothing will be too difficult for you. Nothing will be too hard for you. They conquered Jericho by reason of the presence of God that went with them through the ark. Amen. Said, go around six times, six days, go around, and the seventh time, the seven count shout, and the walls will come down. You see, when God's go, God goes before you or behind you, you will conquer every enemy. You will. You will conquer every enemy of your life. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter how strong it is. In fact, God specializes at delivering us from that which is too strong for us. The things that you are able to do yourself, I always say for those things, do. But the things that you are not able to do, it's okay. Because that is where the hand of God begins. I always say where the hand of the doctors end, that is where the hand of God begins. Hallelujah. If men can do it, let men do it. But when men say we can't, oh, somebody praise the Lord for when men say they can't. Because that is when God starts. That is where God takes over. And this one, I pray that may there be a takeover your life in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. The prophet Jeremiah went through a time of persecution. He was being persecuted for speaking the word from prophesying. And he was afraid. He said he would even, he doesn't want to even preach the word anymore. He doesn't want to speak anymore. But he said, but when he said he wouldn't speak anymore, he said the word was like fire in his bones. Then he came to himself and said that he's had the defame of many, many speaking against him, many waiting for him to halt, to, 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 to you know, attack him or for him to make a mistake. But he said something. He said, but the Lord is with me as a mighty and terrible one. Therefore, my enemies, my persecutors, they will stumble and they will fall. And they will not prevail against me. So they, and their everlasting shame and confusion shall never be forgotten. So, but the Lord is with me. I'm talking to you about the presence of God that the ark carried. The presence of God that you and I also have with us. That it doesn't matter the multitude of the people that are gathered, it doesn't matter the magnitude of challenges you have. He says that there's no weapon that is fashioned against your life that will prosper, that will work. Why? Because of his presence. Hallelujah. We need to be sure of his presence and also have total confidence in the presence of God. Israel had this confidence in this ark. They knew that wherever they took the ark, whenever the ark came in, they were sure of victory.
they were sure of deliverance. How sure are you of victory in the Lord? How sure are you of, you know, deliverance in your life by God? You have to be sure. Amen. And that is where your faith begins to work for you. Because if you are not so sure and your faith begins to shake and all kind of suggestions from the, the, the enemy comes into your mind or your own mind begins to speak you know, negativity to you, be, you begin to be afraid. You begin to become less confident. And you find that there's very little that you can do. You, you will not win battles. But battles are won in faith, in the presence of God with us. If you only you believe like Jeremiah, that the Lord your God is with you as a mighty and terrible one. Therefore, he said, my persecutors, they will not prevail. They will not prevail. They will stumble and they will fall. Hallelujah. This one, I want to speak to five people in this house and maybe five on, on, online that any battle that you find yourself in today, any warfare that you find yourself in today, this morning I declare that there's a presence of God that is being released upon your life today to take on that battle and to grant you the victory. I declare over your life that you will not lose in this battle. You will win on every score. You will win at every point. You will never lose this battle. You will overcome. You will win. And victory shall be your portion. And the praise shall be given unto the Lord God whose presence is with you to give you that victory. Somebody give the Lord a mighty clap offering. Israel went to battle with the Philistines. And in that battle, they were whipped. Americans, they were whooped. They beat them. And they killed about 4,000 of their men. And they were shocked. Because they had been accustomed to going to battles and winning. But this time, something happened. And so, they said, no, no, no. We, 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 we must do something. Little did they know that it was because of sin. That God had given up over to their enemies. Beloved, sin is a reproach. Amen. Whenever we live in sin, it opens the door for the enemy to, to destroy. Sin had taken over their lives. Their priests, Eli and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And they were beaten. But they had such confidence in that. They said, no, let us go and bring the Ark of the Covenant. So they sent to Shiloh and they brought the Ark of the Covenant. And Bible says, as soon as the ark came into the, the, the battle field, because the Philistines were set in array there, they were in this side, the battle was on. They, there was a loud shout. They shouted because they believed that once the ark has come in, we will have the victory. They shouted. Oh, can I get some people to shout this morning? They shouted. But you know something? Their God was not with them because of sin. And so again, they were beaten. They were beaten. And Hophni and Phinehas were killed in the battle. And the Philistines took, they captured the ark. And that's the scripture I read to you. But when they captured the ark and they took it to, to their city and put it before Dagon, Dagon, their God, could not stand before the presence of God. Dagon fell on his face to worship. Dagon was just, a, I'm sure, some stone and wood something. You know, the futility of men's hearts and desires to worship stones and wood. 
The next, they, they got, they took Dagon and said, Dagon, Gina, steady. Gina, oh. don't, don't fall down before this act again. <laughs> there are some people, they have to, you know, steady their God, you know. They have to. I've told you about the guy who was running after his gods. Who, who knows the story? Aha. There was a big stop somewhere on the Kosovo Road. A very, very big rainfall. And in one village, there was some, this guy who, who had plenty idols. I mean, he, he was there in the area. People were consulting him all the time. He had plenty idols. But the rain was so much, and there was a hill, so the rain was coming down, so washing his heart and washing his idols. And the idols were being washed down. And those of clay were melting. And the, those who, who were of clay and stone, or clay and metal, as the clay melted, the, the metal too is going out. And he was running, trying to catch. Hey, let me catch this one. Hey, I can catch that one. And try to catch them. And he was calling, hey, Chiwebabi. Hey, Chiwebabi. Wow, look. If your God has need of your help to, to stay, to abide. Oh, my friend, get rid of that thing. Get rid of that thing. I commend Jesus to you. I commend Jesus to you. Amen. And that was Dagon. Dagon fell on his face. They came, they studied Dagon. Like, Dagon, you know, painting. Dagon was there. The next day they came, Dagon was not only falling on his face, his head was gone. Ah. Hey, you media people, you are doing well, look. Aha. Dagon on the floor. His head broken, his arms broken, just a stump left. And the ark was steady. Hey, hallelujah. Nothing can stand before our God. Hallelujah. Amen. And Bible says that the people who worshipped or who, who were custodians of Dagon never entered into that shrine up to today. Amen. But they said this ark is going to be our undoing because the men in the city start getting sick. Cocoa, piles, in all babia, babia, baby, baby, everywhere. Cocoa piles, and the men were dying. He said, no, this ark will kill it. Let's send it back. Let's send it to Gath. They sent it to the city, another Philistine city called Gath. And there it was worse. The book of Gath, no, no, no. We can't live with this. Because the emeralds and the dirty said, send it to Akron. Hey, they took it. It was worse. They said, no, let's send it back to its place. Listen. Your God is not a God who can be captured. Amen. And so when the presence of the Lord is with you, understand the strength and the magnitude of the power that is with you, for you, amen, in you and through you, and against everything that is against you. The only thing that will take away the presence from you is sin. The glory departed from Israel because of sin. The glory has departed. Hophni and Phinehas died. When Eli, the priest, heard that they, they, they had killed his sons, he wasn't so bothered. But when they said the ark of the God of Israel has been captured, the man's heart fainted within him. Old man, he fell, broke his neck, and he died. That was how dear the presence of the Lord was to his heart. The ark was taken. But could they keep the ark? They had to return the ark back to its place because the presence of God can never be captured by anyone. And so if you have the presence of God in your life, 
be, be, no, be secure, have that security. Walk and live this life in confidence that come what may, definitely, you are on the winning side. You are an overcomer. There's, there's no place that your name will be taken, your image will be taken for any enchantment or any divination or any sorcery that will work. So surely there's no enchantment against Jacob. Put your name there. Not any divination against. Put your name there. There is no enchantment that will work against you. Wherever they take your name, I am telling you that Jesus will answer for you. When they call your name in any shrine, in any juju place, I'm telling you, Jesus will answer for you. And that place will, will catch fire. It will burn. No enchantment, no divination can work against you. And so stop living your life afraid. Another dragon who needs to be helped up to set up. All gods, and they call them gods with a little g, are but idols, the works of men's hands, and the foolishness, excuse me, of men's hearts. The Bible says that we take a piece of wood, we use part of it to cook. Then with the other part, we, we, we carve an idol and say, this is the, my God, I'm serving it. But you just use the other part to cook your food. You use it for charcoal. Use it for firewood. Let's not trust in the works of men's hands. Let's not trust in idols. Someone say, oh, meaning baby, oh, dear. And I know a certain person, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not juju, you know. He just has some, you know, oh, oh he used a Bible. But you know, you know, when you went there, you know that this lady has something wrong. Because if the Spirit of God is in you, you will have that discernment. You will know. Sometimes I sat there and I, 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 I made some, you know, analysis. And I realized that, mm, it seems that people love juju. But today, if you say, oh, me call juju, and I'm a it's not, it's not kosher, you know, not like before. So when they bring juju to the house of God, they like it. Otherwise, how do you explain some of the things that are going on in our country? There's no explanation for it. If I come and stand here as a pastor, and all I'm talking to you is about sex and all kinds of things and bad things and, you know, doing all kinds of enchantments and saying that I will give you a child and I will do. Where, 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 where is that power coming from? But people know. But who Pedro? No, who to me Pedro? They drove by, sorry, them, they're in hate. So he tells somebody, this church you're going to, it's not the spirit of God. They say, eh, you think so, eh. Then they go. Because they want to go to worship idols. But those who worship idols or any such lose the presence of God. God said, I am a jealous God. You shall not worship any God except me. He is a jealous God. You can't serve two masters. We will decide today that we will serve God and serve him alone. So that his presence will abide with us. And we stop going here and going here. If today you have something under your bed, when you get to take it, ask God for forgiveness and go and burn it. People are laughing. Go and say, oh, apostle in this church. You don't know. <laughs> maybe online. Maybe not in this church, but online. Maybe online. Those are online. But sometimes people, you know, out of desperation. Because people do get desperate at times. Maybe out of desperation. You are sick. Your child is sick. And some say, I know a place. When you go, they'll tie something. This thing, keep it in your purse. Never let anybody see it. They'll, they'll pray, they say, nah, but I'm 23 three times. 
and you know that that thing they put in your pet is something else. But because they say, um, besides I'm 23 over it, you say, oh, it's of God. You know it's not of God. Get rid of it. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. Let's not compromise. Hallelujah. Because the presence of God is enough. Never lose the presence of God. Treasure the presence of God. It is more than anything that you could ever have. The Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant, which is the Ark of His presence, and they paid dearly for it. They had to return it because nothing can stand against the presence of our God. Hallelujah. And if that God, if His presence is in you and upon you, nothing can stand against your life. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a mighty clap offering. I'm working it down somewhere. Again, David wanted to take the Ark of the Covenant to the city of God. And he said that they should go and bring it because it had been kept for years in the house of a man called Abinadab. And it, the Ark had been there for many, many years. Maybe about 40 to 50 years. But David said, now want to, we've, we've built a place, we've got a place for the prayer, we want to bring the Ark. So they sent to go and bring the ark. And Bible said, and they took a new cart and set this ark upon it. And it was being pulled by animals. And Abinadab and his sons, David, them all following. The thing was going on a cart. Then it was like the cart, you know, did something in that. And Uzzah, the son of Abinadab, put out his hand to steady the cats immediately, Bible says immediately he felt that he died, God slew him he died at once he and his brother were the ones who, was, who were you know, leading the, 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 the ark but Uzzah died God said that there was a breach made upon Uzzah and David was angry with God Ah, but why would God do that and you and I asked why would God do that you see God had made or give it instruction that this thing that you see there was not was to be carried on the shoulders of men and they put it on an ark, on a cart and that's why God slew him because it's true they were moving the ark but they were not moving according to God's instruction I'm talking to you about your life now you may be worshipping God, you say you're a Christian but are you serving God in spirit and in truth or are you serving God in your own way according to your own stipulation according to what you think is okay or are you serving God according to God's instruction they put the ark on a cart God killed Uzzah at once because they didn't carry the ark amen they didn't carry that God struck it because they, they did not respect the instructions of God. How many of us do not respect the instruction of God? How many of us are living two-faced Christian lives? How many of us are living, you know, a double life? How many of us are living a double life? A lot. But if you live a double life, listen, it is displeasing unto God. Uzzah was struck for that, for that, for that reason. God wants us to fear him. God wants us to worship him as he wants to be worshipped. Not according to us, we choose to worship him. 
It's like living with you know, somebody and then you say, I've given you food. Here, take the food and eat. And the person said, but this is not the food I want. You said, by all means, that's the food I've given you. But that's a human being. But when you talk about God, the one who holds your life, the one who holds your breath, can we afford to worship God in our way or should we worship God in his way? It's a big question. Amen. Let's worship God according to as he wants to worship. Jesus said the hour cometh and, it's, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Lord in spirit and in truth because the Lord seeketh such to worship him. God is not just looking for worshipers. God is looking for true worshipers. But in our day and our time, we have worshipers. Plenty worshipers. But how many of us are true? Let's decide today that we will be true worshipers. So that the presence of God will abide with us. And the presence of God will be of benefit to us. Out of fear, David said, let's put this ark in Obedidom's house. Obedidom was a porter. So he wasn't a man of maybe any financial stature in the city. So they said, oh, put it in Obedidom's house. After all, they took this fearful thing that they feared into Obedidom's house. Three months. Somebody said three months. Only three months. Obedidom's house was blessed. Obedidom's cattle started giving birth. Quintuplets. Everything about Obedidom was getting better. He became so rich. God blessed him. Listen, the prayers of God that brought sorrow and weeping to the house of Abinadab because they didn't worship and they didn't honor the presence in the house of Obedidom brought him riches, wealth, and honor. It's about how we worship. It's about how we, we live with the presence. I am sure in the house of Abinadab, after it being there for over all those years, they lost respect. I'm sure that Uza and Ahoya, or whatever his name is, Ehoi, the other son. I'm sure when they go out and they come and they take their sneakers, they'll just lay it on that. They took off their t-shirt, they'll just throw it over. It became an object in the house. They disrespected it. So what's the people wait? In the day they took him out, he said, Monje, he left behind sorrow. May the presence of God in our lives bring us joy and rejoicing. That same presence in the house of Obedidom. And I'm sure because it had just killed Uzzah, Obedidom was very afraid. So if he's passing by that, he will say, Nana Ak, I'm going to the washroom. Nana Ak, I am back. Now I'm going to the kitchen. I'm sure he was giving it utmost respect. Because the thing has killed somebody and he's brought to your house. You be careful. So he was being super careful. Super. And God said, listen, let me bless this guy. He became so blessed. So blessed. God brought him wealth and prosperity. You see, when we are able to handle ourselves well in the presence of God, wealth and prosperity, total well-being shall be our portion. In the name of Jesus. Amen. It was so much that they, they told David, the king, that listen, Obed is being blessed. Go and see him in his new cars. Go and see his brother Bentley. Go and see his brother Rose. David said, eh? 
let me go and pick this thing. If it kills me, let it kill me. Because, you know, to have that fear to take it to Obedidom's house, whatever was happening in Obedidom's house was very great. Great enough to cause a king to say, I will go for the thing that I fear. Because he wanted it. And this time they did it the right way. This time the priests carried it on their shoulder with trumpets and music and dancing. They carried the ark where it should go. David brought the ark to the city of God. Listen, because he realized that he was missing something. You see, without the presence of God in your life, the manifest presence, you are missing something. I realize that a lot of us are just, we are just believers, but we do not practice the presence. We do not acknowledge the presence. We do not have in mind the presence of God with us. And that is why we do not fear the presence. We are not afraid. And I'm talking about us in, not in terror, but us in awe and respect and in honor. You understand? Because sometimes, for example, let me give this little example. Not to crush anybody or to you know, shade anybody. But sometimes you, you have a bottle of water you are drinking in church. And when you are leaving, you leave it on the floor in the church. That's gross dishonor. Or you chew gum in the church. And they take it and under the chair in church. That's gross. <laughs> you can't do that. Little, little things. When we come into the presence, the sanctuary, we must honor God. And I'm coming down to a place where you must you understand that. It's not only about when you come to church. Amen. But David took the ark. Amen. And they took it in an atmosphere of worship and in praise. David so praised the Lord that his clothes came off. His wife despised him and God cursed her. Said she never had a child until this day. Because she was against how David worshipped his God. When you are worshipping your God, don't look at anybody. When you are giving to God, don't look at anybody. When you are serving God, don't look at anyone. Nobody knows where you are coming from. Nobody knows your pain. Nobody knows how far God has brought you. Jesus said that if two people's sins are forgiven, who will value the person who forgave, forgave them? The one who has been forgiven more. Amen. Amen. And this, this same act, in the time of Solomon, I'm coming down. In the time of Solomon, after Solomon finished building the temple, he also said they should bring in the ark. And they did it right. They did it right. But when they brought in the ark into the, the temple, and they made great sacrifice, Bible says that the glory of God came in to the temple. And it was so great, it was like a thick cloud, that even the priests could not stand on their feet to minister. Because the glory of the Lord had filled the house. When you bring in God's presence into your life, there's so much glory. There'll be so much glory upon your life. And I come to the, where I want to get to. Where is the ark today? That was my question in the beginning. Where is the ark today? Hebrews, the 10th chapter, the verse 1 says that, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers there unto perfect. That was the first covenant. But today, something has happened. Tell anybody something has happened. That this ark that was being carried from place to place, from sanctuary or tabernacle to temples, here and there, this ark of his presence now abides. How many who attend where the ark is? Tell me, let me give you one CD. 
the ark is not in Jerusalem. The ark, the, the, the ark is in you. The presence of God is now in you. Amen. It's in you. Hallelujah. Amen. So today, the ark of the covenant is not anywhere, but it's in you. Amen. It's in you. Revelations 21, 3 says that, And I heard a great voice out of heaven say, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with men, and they shall be his people, and the Lord himself shall be with them. Bible said, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The, your temple is now the, the, the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in you. The presence of God is in you. Amen. Bible says that, so you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify, your, glorify God in your body, which is God's. God's spirit, the presence of God that was upon the ark, for which reason, wherever the ark went, there was victory. There were signs and wonders. Today, that presence indwells you. It's within you. Do I have a believing people? You are looking at me like, oh, apostle, it's not true. It's true. Amen. You are now the place where the Spirit of God dwells. Amen. We, we must know this. That within you, within you, is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God dwells within you. If only you are saved, the Holy Spirit indwells you. So we are not going around going to look for any ark anywhere. That presence upon the ark is within you. And in knowing this, in understanding this, then we must allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit of God who is within us. In the same way that they allowed the movement of the presence on the earth to lead them in, on their wilderness journey. We are also in a wilderness journey. The work of this life is like a wilderness journey. Oh, I don't know about you, but I know what I'm talking about. But it's only the leading of the Spirit of God that will lead you, that will help you meander through the, the rough patches, the, 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 the low grounds, the mountains, the valleys, through the fires, through the waters. It is only the leading of the Spirit of God. So we must allow the Spirit of God to lead us in the same way. Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If you are led by the Spirit of God, then you are the Son of God. And it is in that that you will come to the place that God has ordained for your life. Your life will not be destroyed. You won't be lost. God will take you where he wants to take you to. And he will lead you and he will guide you in the same way that the ark of the covenant led them and guided them. So he, when the spirit of truth is come, Jesus said, when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. Amen. And for he will not speak of himself, but whatever he has heard me speak, that's what he will speak to you. The Holy Spirit, the presence of the Lord is in you now to guide you into all truth, not falsehood, not deception. The Holy Spirit does not lead us into deception. No. But he leads us into the truth of God. The truth of his word. If only that is what we want. We will be guided into all truth. By his presence within you. You will also be able to overcome all things. His presence will give you the strength. The courage. The wisdom. The ability you need to overcome all things. Hallelujah. And that presence is right within you. I need people to... To give the Lord a mighty clap offering. That act, that presence is within you. Amen. And that's why he says that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Because why? 
because you you yourself you you are filled with God and if you are filled with God what what weapon can come against you he says that listen I'm the one who created the blacksmith who makes the weapon who blows co you know into the fire to forge the weapon I am the one who has also made the the, the waster the one who take the weapon to destroy and I am telling you that no weapon formed against your life will prosper. And if he said, then that, that means it is settled. So where is your fear? It's time for us to understand the presence of God with us. Because when you come to that place of understanding and revelation, fear will leave your life. Discouragement will leave your life. It doesn't mean you go through hard times. You will go. But you go through those hard times with the strength and the power of God at work within you. Do I have the people in this house this morning? Give the Lord a mighty clap of it. By his power and by his presence within you, you overcome all things. You overcome all things that come. It doesn't matter what it is. You will overcome. No demon, no witch, no wizard, no necromancer, no, no sorcerer can possess your life. No. They can't possess you. Because the spirit of God dwells in you. What does he come to possess? A Christian cannot be possessed. A Christian can come under oppression, yes? Suppressed and depressed. But as for possession, which is when the enemy takes you over, spirit, soul, and body, it can never happen. I say it can never happen. Because the spirit of God dwells in you. And that is why in the time of your battles, you need to tap in to the strength of the spirit of God within you. Some of you need to begin to pray in tongues when things are hard. Begin to kabo and shabo. And allow the quickening power of the Holy Ghost to quicken your spirit, to quicken your soul. And allow the, the power, the engine within you to crank up for more power. To be released for your victory, for your help. Hallelujah. No witch, no demon, no principality, no power is greater than you are. No. Sometimes when I say this, I say people misconstrue or not understand what I'm saying. But Yeah. Because the spirit of God in me, hey, it is fire. Greater, greater power. Yeah. Yes, I may dare you. Nanya if you like come you face greater fire bigger fire hey, somebody say fire one day as a boy God bless his memory told me a story he said he has a friend who's a pastor a big pastor somewhere in another country I won't mention where and Arm Robbers Arm Robbers came to his church but in the area he's in they do that often so he's really armed his, his ushers. The ushers, some of them have guns. So when they usher you and they suspect that you are one, they'll just open their coat like this. Then you see the gun, then they'll just go and sit, they'll just move. So you who have come to rob, you know that they are heavily armed. <laughs> so one day, some armed robbers came to the church, you know, in plain clothes, like worshippers, and the ushers were showing them their, uh, like that. So they went away. Then their head wrote the pastor a letter. Say, so you, you think you are smart. You've armed your ushers. You get ready. We are coming. This time we are coming with fire. He also sent me a letter. Say, come. 
I'm waiting for you. And I'm ready for you. He said that on the puppet. You come and meet greater fire, Holy Ghost fire, and all kinds of fires. Because he said Holy Ghost fire is there. And he also has all kinds of fires. All rifles and guns. <laughs> to protect his church. You know, so what I'm saying is that let them come with the fire. There's a greater fire in you. Some of you need to stand up and stop being afraid. Yes, because there's a greater fire, a greater power that is within you. There are some that the enemy can devour. But as for you, ah, they cannot devour you. No, 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 no. Your, your, your meat is too tough. You are too hard. They can't. Because greater is he that is at work in you than he that is in the world. Somebody put your hands together and give the Lord a clap of faith. Therefore, we ought to treat this temple of God with respect. Don't misuse your body. Don't abuse your body. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 says, I flee fornication. Every sin that a man does outside of his body, but he that committed fornication sinned against his own body. Some we sit against our bodies by all kinds of sexual immorality, all kinds of addictions and abuse, substance abuse and all kinds of things. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Glorify God in your body. Let God be glorified in your body. Don't allow the enemy to use your body for base things. You are too precious. You, you are worth more than that. Sisters, you are worth more than that. They say, say, slay what and slay what. Listen, you are worth more than to be any man's toy. You are worth more. You are quiet. Please clap. You are worth more than that. You know, and a gentleman, and even some ladies. Listen, smoking, you know, pepper leaves, cocoa leaves, and all those things. Listen, you are destroying the temple. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Glorify God in your body. When people see, let them see God. Let them see Christ. Christ in you is a hope of glory. And be confident. Live that confident life knowing that Christ is within you. And his presence in you guarantees your blessing. You know that you are blessed already? You are already blessed. Even before we say God bless you, you are already blessed. Because the presence of God dwells within you. You are blessed. The ark now dwells within us. The presence of God now dwells within us. We are not base beings. We are valuable. You are precious. You, you are valuable in the sight of God. And God's promises, which are yea and amen, will definitely come to pass. All we have to do is to continue to commune with God in prayer, in worship. Get closer. Because that was the whole purpose of God calling for the tabernacle to be built. That his people would get closer to him. That he would get closer to God. I call upon all of us today, get closer to God. Get close, Especially in these last days, as we see the world coming to an end. And the many things that are happening around us today. Listen, the world is going on a course without the presence of God. We won't survive. 
without the leading of the Spirit of God who will lead us into truth and into righteousness. You won't survive. You can't make it. But with his presence and in his presence, you make it. I say you will make it. Nothing shall be impossible to you. There will be nothing to fear. Your life is secured in his presence. May the Lord bless us. Thank you for listening to today's word. Connect with us on our website, www.tlgm.org. Get interactive with Apostle on all social media platforms at Apostle Leanne Coffey.